Hello, and welcome to another episode of the OysterCast. My name is Ron Cowie, and today we are talking with Suzanne McDonald. Suzanne is a brand journalist, education innovator, community launcher, success advocate, podcaster, multi-award winning marketing solutionist, and all-around great person. And it was a pleasure to listen to what she's up to, some of the predictions she has for where marketing is going, and how to improve your own brand and content. Give it a listen. Welcome to the OysterCast. This is Alex and me, and we're... This Welcome. week, we're actually... Here's something, just to kind of keep in the back of your head. I want, I want to hear about NIM, and I want to hear about the ROI for you school. But one of the things that we're kind of thinking about for the other part of this thing is huh? kind of looking back to look forward. And how that started was... I sent Alex, I was watching an Akira Kurosawa movie, Ron or Ran. I don't know how they pronounce it. I was like, okay, you've got to see this movie, you know, as like, oh, what's that movie? And I was like, okay. And, you know, like Akira Kurosawa was this huge Japanese film director from the fifties all the way up until the mid eighties until he died. It just yeah. incredible lyrical visual artist. And, and so the idea that like today, and I think this is something that's fairly relevant is that there, there isn't a whole lot of looking back. I don't want to say with kids today, but there isn't sort of an incentive to reference what's been done because it just kind of gets discarded so quickly. I, I think that's something that like you, you're in a business where you're really looking forward and you're, you're helping people kind of move forward with their marketing and this new technology that seems to be changing monthly, like, or, or the way to kind of, you know, there's no necessarily way to kind of rig the system that's going to last for a year. Like if you kind of get your handle on it, there's always going to be something else coming along. Well, I, I take a different take on right. it that what do you got? It really comes down to your content, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, as a former journalist, as I would consider myself now a brand journalist and a marketing solutionist, mm -hmm. I, my sense is you do what you do, right? And yeah. so how then you tell that story, the main piece of that story, what we, what we call the Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. is is your story and how that benefits clients and there's different ways that you can tell that story just like i can write a short story i can write a poem i can write a haiku mm -hmm. i can shoot a little video right there's all these different ways that that can manifest but but the story is still kind of the same you yeah. know like little house on the prairie it, could, it was a tv show it can be a movie it can be a book it can be 10 books and i think that's just, this is where content strategy really has its strength is understanding what that story is and then how do you optimize that story based on that channel mm -hmm. whether it's tiktok or clubhouse or and and that's where or you know or your website mm -hmm. but not only that but then how do you get people to convert in a way and and relating that story in a way that's meaningful to the mm -hmm. people who you want to connect with mm -hmm. so you know it could be through linkedin connection it could be yeah yeah tiktok video it could be instagram you know real or what have you and all that stuff does change all the time. Mm -hmm. So my strategy really is honing in on what the what the core element really is for that brand, for that business, mm -hmm. or nonprofit. And then and then deciding which what you know based on who the demographic is, which audience you're going after and where is that audience online mm -hmm. uh, or in person. Mm -hmm. And and engaging with them in that way, and it, you know, it's hard because you have to be decisive, and you have to put, you know, a line in the sand. But the great thing about digital is that then you get feedback results, and you see did that work or did not not work. Mm -hmm. And you know, no news is good news, right? Because then it tells you like, oh, that didn't really work. So now we need to adjust. We should do mm -hmm. things a little bit differently. What I'm finding in the COVID universe is that there's so much experimentation out there Yes, that the things that I found that really were successful because they were unique mm -hmm. are now becoming very populated. And so that pushes me to move, to shift a little bit, to pivot a little bit more and to niche in a little bit more, which, you know, just I think keeps things interesting, but it, it all comes down to like, what's your story and who's your audience, which, you know, you hear all over the internet, but actually 
figuring out like, okay, how to be decisive about that is it's the hard part. And mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's impossible to know what it's impossible, I think, to find one person who has a good handle on everything. Yeah. And so the way that I've structured my business is I don't know everything. Right. Yeah. I know I, I focus on the content piece and I focus on what, you know, who are the experts who mm -hmm. I need to bring in. Mm -hmm. And I just mentioned this in another podcast, but there's a book um, out called How, oh no, Who Not How. Mm -hmm. And I think you don't even have to read the book, but this philosophy that everything is so specialized yeah. that, you know, I could spend all day, every day, just learning the ins and outs of Instagram. Mm -hmm. Instagram is not my favorite. You know, I, I do like, I like LinkedIn a lot for business mm -hmm. and I like Facebook personally, but mm -hmm. that's because that's my demographic, right? Yeah. Like my people are on, are on Facebook and, you know, some people are on Instagram. It's fine. Like Instagram has its has its pluses and minuses, but yeah, for, for projects, you know, let's take ROYNU, for example, which is yeah. the, uh, bridging the gap between an undergrad degree and a digital marketing career mm -hmm. and teaching those skills in a way that's engaging, interactive, live project oriented, do an internship, get hired by a digital, by one of our digital agency partners. And, uh, you know, we're, we're working on a project right now to launch something interesting on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And, you know, TikTok's not like really my thing either, but, you know, I'm working with my intern team to come up with something that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, we spent like an hour brainstorming, okay, we should probably do something on TikTok because that's where this audience is. And they're in that demographic. Mm -hmm. So it was a really fun conversation. I said, hey, look, I just want to be up front. Like you guys are going to be running the show on this. Like I'm yeah. going to show up like, <laughs> like the guest, Yeah. but I'm going to rely on you. And so there's some technical pieces that we're still mapping out, but we're super excited to do that. And, I, and so then based on this concept, and I don't want to say what it is because it's good and I'm afraid someone's going to okay. jump on it, you know, but while we figure out all the bits and pieces, but then, you know, we're going to parlay that into LinkedIn, right? And so that's mm -hmm. going to be like something that's different and interesting that's developed for TikTok, but it's mm -hmm. also going to work well on LinkedIn and it's going to work well on our YouTube channel and, you know, all that multi-purposing stuff. And I'm, I'm not... You know, it's interesting because I was reading a launch sequence for RYNU that someone else had written, the agency I'm working with had written. It's like every channel wants something a little bit different. And it's mm -hmm. true. But, you know, at the end of the day, and if you're working for an agency, like, yes, you need to understand how that needs to develop. But, you know, if you're working with smaller brands with limited budgets, you kind of cut a little bit of corners here and there. Like, yeah, could I spend hours and hours of post-production making this like, absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes. But there's also, you know, the practicality of digital marketing, which I spend a lot of time. And that's why I like to, that's why I brand myself as a solutionist. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to come in and be like, this is terrible. This is terrible. But like, this needs to all change. There's tons of crappy stuff out there. And, you know, like I, you know, we could spend a whole budget picking things apart, but I like to build things mm -hmm. and I like to evolve things. And so focus more on, more on those pieces. Mm -hmm. Okay. So back, I, I, I'm thinking about storytelling and what are some things that like, and I, the way that you kind of used, described it is like every platform is like either like a magazine, a pamphlet, a, a novel, a short story, a poem, a haiku or whatever. And I guess the, maybe talk about the school that you're starting What's it? Mm -hmm. I, I said ROI for you, but it's NU. Yeah, it's okay. NIN. I'm so the return on investment in yourself. Okay. But it's with the letter U. Okay. All right. ROI in you. If you could talk yeah. about ROI in you and how, like, are you teaching kind of to be an adaptive storyteller? Is that, is that a, would that be a, a three second elevator pitch? That's part of it. Okay. Right. So what it is, is over seven weeks and it's like a couple hours a day, you mm -hmm. know, so you can go to the beach or yep. go to your job, what have you. But yeah, we, we have a lot of homework that you could, not a lot, but there's homework that you could ingest on the beach. Like there's podcasts and videos and some blog posts to read, but then each each week we focus on one aspect of digital marketing and yeah. storytelling. It's interesting because one of our instructors said, well, where's content strategy? Like content strategy is everywhere. Like it's yeah. not just one thing. We weave it all the way through, but storytelling actually, we start with storytelling and we have one of our instructors 
who specializes in, you know, he, he did a lot of video production mm -hmm. and I think video storytelling is actually, it can be really challenging, right? Because video tends to be very expensive to produce. Yeah. So you have to dial it in, right? Mm -hmm. You have to get it. And, and also people have a very short attention span for video. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to audio, like, oh, I'm, I'm on a podcast, you know, I'm going on a run. So I'm going to listen to a podcast. There's a lot more leeway, but video, I feel like is, is, can be the most effective, but it's also the most challenging. So you really have to nail it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we go from storytelling to multimedia. I have to look up the exact sequence, but other topics or search engine optimization, Google analytics, paid ads, you know, whether that's for LinkedIn, Facebook, Google. Yeah. So, so what we do is we have some homework. Students are working together on a project mm -hmm. um, for a real company that really, what I call where the entity it could be a startup, it could be a nonprofit and they're working together. You know, they're taking the information that they have learned and actually applying it. And then we have one of our instructors who's actually already shot a video for them come in and they do a little mini pitch mm -hmm. of this is what we're thinking for our project. And what do you think? And, you know, and then also had the opportunity to talk to other teams, other students, because there's little mini teams mm -hmm. um, and getting their feedback. And so this is a, this is a methodology that I adapted from actually a college class that I took or a grad school class. And then I've used in the um, semester long college classes that I've taught, that I've created and taught. Mm -hmm. And it works really well because it gives everybody an opportunity to stretch and grow and get feedback and a lot of peer influence and you know your team is working together pretty tightly mm -hmm. but then you're getting input from other teams who are facing similar challenges but with a different client mm -hmm. so their challenges may be slightly different and everybody takes away something different from from the reading and from the yeah. the podcasts and you know and to me it reflects a lot of what digital marketing really is right mm -hmm. you're working with clients you're working with different clients you're working with people with different specialties Mm -hmm. So it very nicely uh, reflects what that environment is like. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's a little bit different is because I've run remote internships for 10 years now, mm -hmm. right? It's all designed so that you have all the skills that you would need to be successful working in a virtual environment, not mm -hmm. really in the office. I mean, obviously the office is preferable, but you know, depending on how things are going, a lot of agencies actually prefer to be virtual. The agency I was just on this morning, their project manager, I think is in Ohio, mm -hmm. right? And the, a lot of the rest of the team is in, is in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we, and we also, we use agile marketing principles. So mm -hmm. agile project management has morphed into marketing and, you know, doing the the daily stand-up, like, where are we? What are the challenges? What do we accomplish? What do other people think? What are we going to do today? And kind of get you in the habit of meeting deadlines. I mean, one of the nice things about having worked in the newspaper, daily newspaper world for 15 years, where did is you, you get used to being on deadline and producing yeah. on a real, on a very strict deadline. You know, one, one of the papers I worked for had three, three morning deadlines, you know, before 9am, I put out three editions of paper page one of each. And a lot of times that all the stories would be different, mm -hmm. you know, and you had an hour to spin it between each different deadline. So yeah. it was, you know, it gives you a different sense of perspective that I think agencies really like because you are constantly producing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that's interesting using what seems to be like, I don't want to say an antiquated technology, but <laughs> journalism, I mean, old school. Well, yeah. I, I, and it, it breaks my heart that journalism is kind I think and this is a sidebar, but I'm curious. I, I've heard both takes that like, this is the best time to be a journalist or it's the worst time to be a journalist. Where do you fall on that? Well, I think it's the best time to be a journalist if you are starting out. If okay. you've reached the top of your game, which I had done yeah. by the time, like I got hired at the Globe before I was 30. Mm -hmm. That was, that had been my goal. I'd spent yep. 10 years actively pursuing that goal. And then, you know, but everybody in the newsroom who was older, the people who had taken voluntary violence before me yeah. said, Oh, you know, it's just too bad. It used to be so great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and everybody kind of has their moment. Right. So I think it depends on where you are in the spectrum of, yeah. of journalism and how it's evolved. You know, I worked for one of the very few afternoon papers on mm -hmm. September 11th. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we were on deadline. Like I had just cleared first edition of page one 
And I got up to get breakfast and, you know, it's like, oh, something's up. What's, what's going on? I'm like watching the TV and my, my boss, the copy desk chief says, Hey, what's going on over there? I said, just come over. Cause you wouldn't believe it if I told you. Yeah. <laughs> and then like second plane hit the whole newsroom just completely exploded. And yeah. you know what? I, I, I knew that day and that time frame. you know, I worked ridiculous hours that week and I, I realized like, Hey, this is probably going to be the peak moment in my journalism career yeah. and and then I went to the globe and I worked for living you know the features department which was more as as a colleague said I like to work for a living because it emphasizes the living your life part mm-hmm. like you know we had more predictable schedules we worked yeah. more of like a traditional but yeah so I think it all just depends on where you are in the spectrum of you know your experience as a journalist like is it easier to break in are there more opportunities mm-hmm. yes and yes but it's hard to say. I think, you know, when I actually wrote my master's thesis on the importance of journalism in high schools and what it really comes down to is that everybody, at least at that time, so this is sort of the dawning of Fox News mm-hmm. and MSN and MSNBC, you know, like all these, all these used to be that journalism was objective, right? Yeah. Like, you know, on the op-ed page, they would have yeah. their opinions of mm-hmm. the paper, but that the reporting was, was very objective. And that changed when I was in grad school. And so I wrote my thesis on how it was important for students to learn how to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. Like these were critical skills because they needed to understand different news sources, have different perspectives, mm-hmm. and that you're probably going to have to read three or four to kind of figure out where the truth is mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. and, and what you'd like to see. And boy, has that have those chickens come home to roost. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. Well, and to kind of tie into what you're doing now and and the storytelling for the different channels, is that kind of like, I don't know, I'm just seeing a connection between, you know, how media is consumed everywhere and also how Mm -hmm. it's produced. And is there a way or is there some some way to kind of get back to a, a central? I don't know if there is such a thing as a central truth. What is truth, Suzanne? Oh, like more greater objectivity. Yeah. Like, is it like, you know, can the, the way marketing and digital conversation platform live with objective truth or, or, you know, objectivity in some way, or is it, are we now just kind of like shaping a point of view to the point of, I don't know what I'm afraid. Well, I think. So, and this is interesting, you know, my COVID pivot, because everybody has one. Yep. And what I'm seeing demand for is, so I spent a long time investing in education of the wider digital marketing community through Newport Interactive Marketing, mm-hmm. you know, which we're going into our 11th year every 10 times a year, actually nine times a year. We meet 10 times a year, but one is just networking and drinks and having fun. And, you know, we're still doing it. We just do it online virtual we have a nim event tomorrow and so every nim is now at noon on on thursdays not every thursday but once a month so if you want access to the nim invites from anywhere in the world you know we meet noon eastern time once a month on a thursday and this month we're doing flash talks and one is on one is google my business Mm -hmm. and the other is email marketing and we're going to do a deep dive into email marketing in May. So that's going to be super hands-on. This is more like, hey, here's what's happening with email marketing. And why that's important is because all the privacy rulings are really coming home to roost again. And so cookies are going away yep. and digital marketers are kind of freaking out. And uh, But most brands don't, small brands probably aren't aware of this yet. So now is a really important time to understand who your audience and your demographics are and actually getting ownership of access to people. And, you know, this has been going on for a long time. Facebook started really pushing advertising after its IPO. So they started saying like, okay, we're not going to show your ads to everybody. But so anyway, my, my, my angles and insights pivot is that I'm seeing a lot of brands say, we're interested in doing something to educate the greater you know, some segment of the population, whether that's elderly people who would benefit from learning Zoom. And uh, they say, we don't really know how to do that. Can you put this together for us? And I say, sure. And I just happen to know because I have this great network 
um, somebody who specializes in teaching seniors, like elderly people, technology. So we develop a course. I find the um, partner who's willing to host it, you know, and it's an elderly housing um, complex in Newport. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we go and we teach 20 seniors how to engage with family on Zoom or family and friends. Mm -hmm. It's a huge lifeline. This is right before the pause in November. It's right before the holidays. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And so we put this together on behalf of a Fortune 500 brand. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of demand, I think, for brands. They understand now the value of supporting a specific demographic Mm -hmm. and a specific community and how that benefits them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think because a lot of funds are shifting out of event sponsorship because events aren't happening. It's forced them to re-examine and say, you know, what are we really getting out of like this concert? Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, it's great. There's signage. And, but I think they are reading the tea leaves and public sentiment now that, you know, there are demographics that have not had access to, to professional development, to lifelong education, to resources, and that there's a need. And Mm -hmm. could this brand for not very much money be providing a need, you know, and supporting that. And so, so it's just, it's interesting. And I think that that takes away from the, what is our story Mm -hmm. and turns it more into how can we help? And then that becomes our story. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need to talk about here's somebody using our product. Isn't this great? Like everybody's kind of sick of that. Instead we have little old ladies, so cute, their grandmas, right? And they're mm-hmm. like kind of giggling at their Zoom screen, like little yeah. video snippets of them, huh? like, you know, yeah. because they're engaging with somebody and, and having a good time and enjoying themselves mm-hmm. and, you know, having a great testimonial where somebody says, yeah, I had to do uh, voter registration training, mm-hmm. you know, like election volunteer training on Zoom. And I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I was completely lost. So I just showed up and then they had to train me again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, now if I had to do it again, like our refresher, I would, it would be easy because I would understand what I was doing. Um, also telemedicine mm-hmm. and health appointments that, you know, that's the expectation that you're going to get on with your doctor and you don't know how to get your audio working, you know, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of a waste. So there's, there are real needs out there for people. And if we can help deliver those needs on behalf of a brand, we, we love to do that. And it's, it's super fun and it's super great to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to work with brands who understand, Hey, we can do some good. And let's talk about that on our social channels and, and let that be our story that this mm-hmm. is what we stand for. That makes sense. And I, while you're talking, I was thinking, especially when you hit on telemedicine, I saw something on Twitter. Uh, someone asked, he was in the photography world and he's kind of Andy Adams, very interesting guy. He says, once do you think people are going to be done with like online meetups and all that stuff and and like these kind of online conferences, do you think that's going to go away once we can get back together? And, and I'm into what you were saying is I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think there's going to be a part and, and just thinking about the NIM conferences every Thursday, is there an element like, have you found that your audience has actually grown because I don't have to drive over to Newport to participate? I can be in my, you know, one bedroom apartment in Tokyo. And if I set my alarm, yeah, you know, I'm in Newport and I'm talking. So how I I don't think it's it's only going to be online, but how do you see it kind of overlapping like in in the in the future? Like, I, I think this past year we've seen you're right. Tremendous change that probably would have taken five years. We've seen it in a year. Mm-hmm. What do you see the next, let's say year or two, where people kind of start to integrate what we've been, we've had to do. Now they're choosing mm-hmm. to do. What, are you, what do you think the things are going to be that they're going to be still choosing to do? And how do you kind of. Yeah. I think that there's, I think it's going to shift right okay. in that now people are going to select before there really wasn't a choice as much Mm -hmm. like you could either attend a nim event in person or you Mm -hmm. could watch 
online after. And I mean, as far as NIM in particular, we have seen some engagement from people farther away. And I think it's very noisy right now. Mm-hmm. And my challenge is to figure out how to rise above the noise mm-hmm. and provide what I like to say is that NIM is a deconstructed conference, mm-hmm. right? That the topics and the depth that we go into at NIM Talks and our speakers are so in the trenches experts, like they're not the salespeople. Mm -hmm. I've been to thousands and thousands of conference sessions Mm -hmm. uh, because I would do four or five a year, Mm -hmm. you know, some, some virtual, but mostly in person. And, you know, I just got to a point where I was like, so diluted. Mm -hmm. What are really the takeaways here that I can apply? And granted, you know, if you go to, let's say an inbound where there's 20,000 people, there's such a spectrum, but it, to me, it all comes down to curation. And I, I used to go to South by Southwest interactive and once they like really expanded and blew it up and like did all these campuses and stuff, I went a few times and I was like, you know what, this is not curated well enough Yeah. because once you went to like the content strategy campus and one session was terrible, another set, the other two sessions were full because that session was terrible. You're not making it back across town to go to a different session yeah. in time. So I was like, okay, this is out. This is a waste of time. And then, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's hard. What makes NIM different is that we have these subject matter experts who are so immersed in what they do all day, every day, mm-hmm. whether it's Google analytics or Facebook ads, or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we do panels where we take people like, okay, where should you be spending your money? Like yeah. Google versus Facebook versus LinkedIn versus this versus that. And those are really fun. And it's just creating unique content, but it's hard to, it's hard to articulate that this really is unique. And another differentiator for NIM is that we have all these experts, but it's not just experts talking to experts. It's also experts trying to build up small businesses mm-hmm. who might not have access to that information. And that, that's where the interactive piece comes in. Mm-hmm. that you can bump your hand up and ask a question. Yeah. What, what is SEO? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've done NIM talks where I've basically sat on stage with the speaker because I know that they're just so smart and they're so entrenched in, in what they do that they're going to be speaking in all jargon, but mm-hmm. their, their content's really great. So, mm-hmm. you know, we do an interview style and say, now when you say this, does that mean this? And like mm-hmm. put it in completely layman's terms. So, you know, you're mm-hmm. kind of speaking it's almost like being bilingual, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that's how we try to program NIM at each step. And we put our speakers through quite a, quite a lot of preparation mm-hmm. in terms of making sure that we are meeting the needs of both audiences. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, depending on who shows up, the questions and the interactive piece really customize it to the mm-hmm. people who are actually there. And because a lot of, you know, the, a lot of the frequent flyers are the same people, there's a level of comfort there. Yeah that people feel comfortable asking questions and we encourage that. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that it's, it's very crowded right now. And, Mm -hmm. but I think like most things, there's a lot of shiny object syndrome. I've been doing this now going into 11 years Mm -hmm. and yeah, we've shifted and pivoted and we don't have quite the same audience as what we would get in person. We'd have 50 people, you know, and like for tomorrow, we have 15 people signed up through us. And then we have, we're partnering with Venture Cafe. And so they'll have a whole slew of people too. So that's another piece, piece of it is partnering up, which I think makes a ton of sense yeah. with other event organizers who also have to, they have a programming calendar that they need to meet. Yeah, And ultimately where I think things need to go is that there needs to be more consolidation of Mm -hmm. online events Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's, it's the chambers from all across the state, you know, or, you know, chambers here and here and here, we're going to get together and we're going to do a panel and we have somebody from each area talking Mm -hmm. about what a website should really cost. And I think that that, because it's the same amount of work in essence, yeah. In, from my perspective to produce an online versus an in-person event, you know, there's a little bit of gear set up with the in-person yeah. cameras and things like that to video it, but ultimately the marketing is kind of the same. So, you know, a year ago when we would have like six people show up because everybody was still shell-shocked online, yeah. I'd be like, oh, you know, I would have had 50 people registered. I would have had yeah. like 75 people registered and 50 people show up. And what am I really doing here? And luckily I was able to apply for, and I received a business adaptation grant that 
you know, was really geared toward kind of keeping, keeping the lights on and making sure that, you know, making sure that we were evolving. But right now what I'm focused on is how do we really dial in our content delivery in yeah. a way that's super engaging? Because I think there's going to be three different formats. There's going to be kind of podcast format. Mm-hmm. There's podcast slash live, yeah. which I kind of see as the same thing, right? It's not like produced. Mm-hmm. as much. And then there's going to be in-person events. And then there's going to be virtual, virtual events that are meant to be live. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, but, but I, what I want to focus on is the virtual live events, which I consider workshops that are really geared toward actionable insights. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that NIM has always been doing. How do you turn this around and apply it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a differentiation from your traditional conferences where you go, you exchange business cards with people. Yeah. You never really follow up. You don't really have a connection to them. Maybe something, you know, when you go to a conference that has 20,000 people, you're randomly running into people on that elevator. And then you're trying to fit in all these, these sessions and you maybe have a couple key points to bring back. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's just me that I don't really, it's not a lot that I can apply. Whereas if you take a NIM model, mm-hmm. you know, you see the same people almost every month or at least a few times a year. Yeah. You get to know them. You get to know their business. You, you know their area of expertise. You can call them up and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I have a question about this." They take your call. And then, as far as the actual pre- presentation, it's all delivered in a way that's like, "Do this, do this, mm-hmm. then do this, then do this." And we have what I call an act- activate sheet. Mm-hmm. And so that is really designed to like take it home and do it, mm-hmm. apply it to your business. Yeah. I, I- I think my experience with conferences is more in the photo world, in the fine art photo world of just, you know, you go to these portfolio reviews and certain portfolio reviews are better than others. You know, it depends on who they got to review and so on and so forth. And so it becomes this status thing. And I think, you know, and with social media and marketing in general, I mean, you really are dealing with status in ways and where you get to, and what I think is interesting and what NIM really speaks to and changes is it used to be if you can afford to run an ad in you know, Black Book or whatever, like that tells me, the art director, that one, your business is strong enough where you can afford to buy, to buy a $5,000 ad or whatever, half page, whatever, and, or get on an airplane and go to South by Southwest, you know, and have these things or go to, you know, what, what's a really fancy Davos, just let's, yeah. let's aim high, sure. you know, like, oh, I, I'm going to be in Davos with Bill, you know, that, that, that says everything you need to know, you know, and, but that these, the way, and when you were talking about the different levels, I think a real position or a, a skill that people are really going to, it's, we're going to be in demand for is how do you facilitate an online experience in a way that's mm-hmm. just as valuable and just as engaging? Because I think there there is a lot of Zoom burnout. There's a lot of, you know, like, okay, yeah, this is, I don't have to leave my room, but I don't really care. You know, how do you, right. and I think that's where- Zoom out, tune out, yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think technology, like, how do you do something? How do you put on a really good online event? And yep. what are the different- gears for that versus like live and in person and so on. so like i don't know if there's a question in there that's just an observation like you got my mind going. no this is something i'm actively pursuing yeah that is i think going to be a huge differentiator and the tiktok project that we have is mm-hmm. going to be a little bit of a lab to experiment and bring things back no one it's, this is the, this is the great frontier. I think yeah. what I don't like about virtual conferences right now is because there's so much money involved, right? They pre-record everything. And then yeah. they, have, they have the presenter on the chat mm-hmm. and you know, the, the sessions I have been to, I mean, the presenter's like, I'm here in the chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Like, thanks for coming everybody. And that's it. And I'm like, well, what's the point of that? Yeah. But it's because people can't, you know, I'm listening to these sessions on double speed because yeah. I'm impatient and, yeah. you know, maybe there's a couple of takeaways that I'm going to get out of this, but I really don't have an hour to dedicate. So yeah, I, I think that this is, this is the wide frontier. And actually, mm-hmm. if you're interested, 
I'm probably going to be putting together a mastermind group with somebody who is a facilitator, expert, works for a major brand. And it's so funny because the way I came across him is I thought I was inviting him onto my podcast, mm-hmm. Interactive Marketing Insights Podcast, and which is a little bit of an offshoot of NIM. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, are you looking for this person who wrote the book? And I was like, I guess I am. I thought that yes. you went and worked for this. He's like, no, I'm not him, but, but let's talk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I'm hoping that he's going to have an opening because he does coaching on the side too. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that there's going to be an opening where we're going to explore this because I said like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. And he had some really great insights and I, and he says, I just wrote 22 pages about this. Mm-hmm. And I said, so is that going to be a book? When's it coming out? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm an editor. I would love to edit your book. I'm happy to so. sign whatever paperwork NDA yeah. or whatever. And he was like, all right, let me get back to you. So I was like, oh, I'm being too pushy. Sometimes that like reporter edge comes out. There's nothing wrong with that. get a little that. too pushy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all right. Yeah, you got to push the marble down the road. Well, all right. So yeah. what what's the uh, spill some secrets or whatever? Like, what do you, what do you think is going to... How do you see it being different or, or what are, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I I think a big piece of it is going to be what NIM already does since we pick one thing, we focus on that one thing in the month Mm -hmm. and you know, there's going to be shorter snippet content and then there's going to be what I would call the deep dive, which is more of a workshop, you know? And so, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of pivoting NIM in that format because what we have done for the past year, which had been planned mm-hmm. before COVID, was we do a podcast that's, you know, half hour or an hour with the speaker to talk about the importance of why. So, like I said, you know, email marketing is going to be our deep dive in May. Mm-hmm. And here's why like, mm-hmm. email marketing gets $42 for every dollar spent for ROI you know, it's deliverability rates are way higher than, and it's conversion rates are way higher than social media. So everybody loves to still get excited about social media, but the dirty secret of social media is that email marketing converts better. And because of COVID, there have been evolutions and also the email service providers have evolved mm-hmm. and they're moving closer to a CRM model. So customer relationship management. So it's like a Rolodex, right? Okay. With the calendar, but it's all automated. So yeah, just understanding how, you know, if you're a really small business, understanding that these things exist and that there are, there's technology that's, I mean, MailChimp uh, up until you get 2000 contacts is free. They, you know, they keep kind of stripping things away to kind of push you toward a paid version, but that's the freemium model, but at least it kind of gets you started. And then there's other, for other brands, there's more advanced features that you can do drip marketing sequences, which is like, Somebody signed up for your email list, they get a welcome letter. And then a week later they get this and then two days later they get that. And, you know, it's all scheduled. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that I think maybe small businesses aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. And then for the larger businesses, there are a lot of things that have changed significantly because like you said, digital marketing has fast forwarded five years in the past Mm -hmm. year. So yeah, what do we need to know? And I think that that's really the key is to really hone in on one specific thing so that at the end of the year, Let's say I'm really going to dive into these five NIM topics this year, mm-hmm. you know, so I go to every other one or yeah, every other, every other NIM I go to, and then I'm going to, my goal is I'm still working on sort of the methodology to back this up, but my goal is to show you how you've moved the needle, mm-hmm. you know, and it's interesting because yesterday on my ROI new podcast, I interviewed somebody who's only come a digital marketing professional branding expert who's only come to NIM like relatively recently had joined the NIM community and has only been to a couple in-person sessions. And he was like, oh yeah, I landed a great client through NIM. And I was like, oh, see, this is the information I need to capture, mm-hmm. right? So I can tell people, but you know, it, it all kind of comes down to time, right? And mm-hmm. like going back and creating the tools that I can assess this mm-hmm. information. So we're working on those pieces too that I think really show people, here's where you were, you know, you attended in, you did these things, and now here's where you are. Mm-hmm. And to take stock in that, I think is, is important to show that we have moved the marble down the road, mm-hmm. as you said. Okay. What was your favorite? Because I think story? that's important. Yeah, it is true. Well, results at the end of the day, and that's something that yeah. I we bump into as well as like, yeah, we can create something, but is it 
do and we like doing it and we'll take your money happy to do it but do you know what you're doing like we we've made you a, a good car or put an engine in it but do you know where to drive it like what do you want yeah. to do, do you it? know how and, to drive it yeah. and I, I had a conversation with uh, the church that we work with and it's like they're very interested in like who's watching the youtube video and and it's like why i think i mentioned this like a day trader it's like it's oh the numbers are up the numbers are down the podcast is up the podcast is down and after our kind of initial conversation last week you know and you were talking about email listing and it's like oh yeah that makes total sense that but what you know i and that that is kind of a whole package deal and it's not just about being able to type a good email but like what do you do how do you track this stuff how do you do the data mining which is another part of the brain mm -hmm. so i'm just kind of responding to what you just said yeah and that's where the crm comes in that okay. you know you can look and see who's watching what who's mm -hmm. opening up emails yeah. you know and then you can look to see who's really engaged and then do you send them a specialized pitch, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes time to, you know, have an annual appeal or, you know, we, or, you know, to just to foster that relationship. So you know, who's sitting, who's sitting in the front of the church, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now the, the question that if you, if you can answer, I don't know if you can, I'm sure you can. What is your favorite story? What was the favorite story that you got to tell in this business? It's like, oh, this is the one that I love. You know, that, that just kind of is, the, it's something close to your heart. I don't know. Is, is there, is there a story? Yeah. No, there are a lot. I, you know, a lot, I think a lot of, a lot of the challenges in digital marketing are, yeah, I think it's, uh, there's so much snake oil out there, right? Yeah. And there's so much to know mm -hmm. that it's really awesome to work with clients who really trust your expertise. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with this client for a long time up until, up until COVID. Mm -hmm. And then they've actually been in such demand that they are, they're, they're totally overwhelmed. They don't need any marketing. Yeah. And um, they work with, they work with families whose children have learning differences Okay. and they've been around for 20 years. You know, we had in the loop like, oh, we should probably do some PR around the 20 years. And, and we had shifted really from marketing to be helping families mm -hmm. to marketing, to get donors yeah. and to do more fundraising. But what was really fun about working with them is we did a lot of documentation videos where we would interview. We just actually sat down for like maybe a couple hours and, and had scheduled in parents whose children had done a summer uh, camp mm -hmm. with them. And the parents just talked about like how amazing the summer camp was for their kids that they, mm -hmm. they, you know, having a fourth or fifth grader who walks in a summer camp who can't read and then walks out and can read mm -hmm. is very transformational and very compelling. Mm -hmm. And so we did a series of testimonial interviews with these parents and we had long form, short form screenshots, you know, and we use those everywhere on mm -hmm. all social channels, you know, was on YouTube, was on Facebook, you know, whatever, like this from the videos and screenshots and really, really compelling. And it's such a great story to tell that, you know, in 20 years, here's a organization, a nonprofit that has figured out like, Hey, everybody learns differently. And mm -hmm. we have this whole set of tools. Mm -hmm. We don't just have to hammer a screwdriver. We got this and this and this yeah. and this and like, well, maybe needs somebody, maybe somebody needs like some screwdriver hammer combo and they've just figured it out. And so it's really great to be able to tell their story and have such an awesome impact, you know, all the way to the point that when it came to donor messaging, you know, we talked about how, how pivotal it is to fund kids when they are actually struggling when they're first identified and how many families in Rhode Island are, you know, their kids are falling through the cracks in mm -hmm. the school systems and they need more specialized than what the services are provided to them. And so they have this huge waiting list of families who are desperate mm. to get help and who want the help, but mm -hmm. whatever help there is that's provided through the system is not doing the trick. They've already tried everything. And so that was really fun to work with them and, and to, yeah. And also a lot of time to learn and teach along the way, like, mm -hmm. you know, they, they drink their own Kool-Aid, right? They're learning. And, and that's one thing when I work with clients, I'm big on the teach to fish model mm -hmm. because they don't really want people to feel like they're 
wedded to me forever. And, you know, a lot of solopreneurs who I work with, I put them through this little boot camp, and then it's like, okay, now, you know, you can bring on an ROI new intern to kind of do your marketing for the next quarter. Now that we've done all the legwork, right, they can do all your scheduling and posting and get your CRM together. And, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of solopreneurs are have full-time jobs in addition mm-hmm. and kind of set them up in a sequence and then like, okay, well, we'll do a tune-up next year or next mm-hmm. quarter. Or we'll see where we're at, but it's kind of building up the foundation. It can be really fun too. Mm-hmm. As you were talking about this school, it kind of reminded, it made me think that's kind of like what you do only for businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that parallel, that makes it like, there's all these different ways that people are trying to get their message out. There's, they're not, you know, they're, they just have a different way of communicating it and accessing yeah. it. And yeah, it's true. That, that's kind of neat. And we're, we're almost near the end. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Any shout outs or whatever? This has been great, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. no, it's super fun to talk to you. Yeah, no, it's just, I think that there's so much information out there and mm-hmm. there's such a deluge especially now, I think everybody, everybody who decided like, I need a ring light and a microphone and let's do this, that it's, it's hard for, you know, it's hard for the people who have been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, but also it is time to elevate and, and show what you really deliver. There's just a lot of noise out there. One thing actually we talked about talking about that we didn't get to was how things have evolved in terms of, in terms of how competitive it all yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, the day of, I'm just going to start up this little Facebook page and see what happens. Yeah. I think is really, really rare unless you have a ton of time to invest into it. So we actually had ROI new ready to go last summer and thinking, oh, there's like, it's going to be tons of students who need this. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of organic work and we're still, you know, doing it. I do my podcast and Mm-hmm. We're doing some social media posts and things like that. But to me, it's a big takeaway of how congested any product space is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to, if you're thinking about launching a product that you don't be, I guess, misinformed mm-hmm. or be disillusioned if it's not working because you don't have expert help, mm-hmm. the, the field has evolved to yeah. a point where everything, like you said, everything is so specialized yeah. and it's just, there's a lot to know and there's a lot more than one person probably can know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're thinking about starting up a new project or product or service, I think NIM would be a great resource, whether it's actually attending the events or getting to know some of the speakers or some of the people who attend just to see, you know, there's plenty of people who would say, you know, you can say like, Hey, can you just look at my website for 10 minutes? Yeah. And we can have a quick call about it. There's a lot of mutual aid mm-hmm. that happens like that. And that's one of the other things that you're not going to get at a major conference necessarily yeah. that somebody's going to actually take. And also all the people who are speaking all the experts and a lot of the people in the room, if they have a budget, right, to be there, then chances are you can't afford them. Whereas a lot of at NIM, there's a lot of smaller people, solo shops who mm-hmm. actually work with real small businesses and, you know, can move you in a particular area. Yeah. What I in the past have done is kind of be the project manager, right, mm-hmm. of and the, what I like to say is composing and conducting the symphony, right, mm-hmm. like understanding what you need. Mm-hmm. And, and then figuring out, okay, who are the people who we need to bring in? So yeah. like, oh, we need like a little flute section here so that your marketing goes off very smoothly mm-hmm. um, and easily rather than trying to struggle through and learn everything. It's just really, really, really hard uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Like I really couldn't tell you anything about LinkedIn ads other than they're really expensive now. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Cause I need somebody to do that for me. Cause I mm-hmm. just, I could, sp- I mean, there's people who spend all day every day. So how am I going to like dabble in there? It's yeah. the same with Facebook ads. You know, people get upset that Facebook that, you know, it's not working for them. It's like, well, cause you're competing against people who that's all they do all day, every day is yeah. write Facebook ads and run campaigns. So how are you going to keep up with that when you're like running, you know, you're running your business, you're doing yeah. what you do. Yeah. That's not to say that you shouldn't try to learn because I think that's a key piece to mm-hmm. really find out who who's a good fit for you and your business and what they bring the value that they bring and can help your business you do need to educate yourself because there is a lot of snake oil out there oh yeah yeah no that's true and and i think that's my my instinct is sometimes to just kind of like throw my hands up and focus on making great content 
and just hope for the best. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's that who, not how. Yeah. That's a good thing. So if you could send us some links for the ROI in you and sure. I, I know I have NIM and I'll do anything else that you want to put. We'll put that in the show notes and great. we'll, yeah. you all seven of our listeners will have <laughs> the great insights that you, this has been hey. really terrific. So you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. No, so. no. And it's, and Alex and I kind of decided this is a pro we, we started the podcast just kind of like, this is something that we need to show up for every week, you know, and that yeah. we're doing it. And it's, and also it's a, it's a real good excuse to talk to people who are definitely smarter than us and to learn something. So it's without See, you're onto my strategy. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> strategy. And, and it's, and not just say, Hey, let me pick your brains where it's one sided. It's like, this seems like a great platform. Like we want to help people elevate themselves and we get to learn in the process. Like it's, everybody wins. So yeah, and, and yeah, I, I absolutely. Really, I really enjoyed knowing you and uh, everything that you've said has been really interesting. You know, so it's, this is a great way to kind of reconnect. And I, I clicked on the thing to, for tomorrow. I hope I can make it. Yeah. I'm really interested. Venture Cafe has a whole lineup. Okay. NIM is just part of it. We're, right. we're the noon, the noon right. o'clock segment, okay. but yeah, no, it's, it's going to be good. And you know, the recording's available after we keep it open, like, you know, for a couple of weeks for free. And then if you want to become a supporting member, it's only a hundred bucks for the year. And it gives you access. We have, I think three years okay. of our media library that mm -hmm. gives you, you know, you can pick, pick your poison, right? Mm -hmm. You can just look at the slides. You can listen to the audio, mm -hmm. you can watch the video or you, a lot of them have activate sheets. Mm -hmm. So you can just look at the worksheet, but yeah, there's just different ways to consume the content and mm -hmm. it's all free. Once you, once you join, you know, like we do have that premium where it's yeah. available for a limited time and then put it behind the firewall. Yeah, fair. Okay. Suzanne, you're terrific. Awesome. All right. Oh, thanks. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me. I feel very honored. Oh, no, it's our oh. pleasure. It's, it's fun that it's amazing what happens when you pick up the phone and ask people. So, all right, I'm, yeah, I'm stopping recording just... now. You have been listening to the Oyster Cast, and that was a great conversation. Please subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review if you think it's worth five stars and a comment. If you have any questions or if you have a suggestion, please drop us a line at theoysterfarm.com and click on the podcasting link. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Have a great week.